You guys can be seated before we get started. I, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited today. Uh, and I, I wanted to speak for maybe 15, 20, 30 seconds, but you know, everyone makes fun of me because it's always 28 minutes. But my best friend's preaching today, folks. He's, he's got a word. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to learn from him. And uh, I want to tell you the word that he's about to bring, he's, he's living it and he's experiencing it. And so it's from a genuine place. And so today, can we honor Judd as he makes his way up to the stage? Let's lean in with everything we got. Love you, church. Hey, church. How are you guys? Yeah, good? All right. Um, I can't, I can't uh, believe the... Uh, if you guys thought you were getting rid of Nick as a choir, you just got another one. So, um, yeah, everybody's been very encouraging. So thank you so much. Thank you for all your prayers, your encouragement. But I'm excited. We've been, we were in week three of the seri this series, Nehemiah, the wall. And we're excited just to do the word together. Amen. Amen. Just to learn about God's word together. And we've been learning, what does it say up in small print here? It says, calling all to a good work. And sometimes we kind of put ourselves out of the good work, right? We kind of say that we don't have a good work. We don't have something we're supposed to be doing. So I'm excited to jump in with you guys this morning. And I just want to say Christ has prepared a good work for all of us. Has he not? Christ has, has prepared a good work for all of us. Not our work, but his work. And so I just wanted to say I'm excited to preach this morning. I'm excited to bring a word. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, definitely break them out. But we're going to go to Ephesians 2. Do you guys remember Ephesians 2.10? We've been going over this every week. And I think it's so important just to remember uh, exactly from Scripture where this good work come from, comes from. So Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are all his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. There it is right there. We are created for, in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for beforehand so that we could walk in them. Right? So that walk is it's an action. We got to stand up and we got to walk. We got to do something about it. And so this journey, it, it's a long journey maybe sometimes. Feels like it's a journey that maybe doesn't uh, feel like, where am I going? But the journey is good, right? We have to remind ourselves the journey is good and the journey is work. Sometimes we associate work with being bad, and it's not. Work is a good thing. Yeah. So we, we shouldn't be uh, saying we're not going to work because work is good, right? All right, so we've been talking about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a, a special character. If you guys are familiar with the book of Nehemiah, um, we've been talking about how his good work was the wall. And he, he started his good work because what? He heard about it. So Nehemiah found his good work when he heard about the wall and how it was broken down. And, and sometimes we, we find ourselves maybe not broken for the things of God. And Nehemiah heard of something that had really hurt God's heart. And these, these people had been dispersed out of the city. They had said, hey, we don't have a place to be anymore because we had sinned and we've been cast out of this city. And Nehemiah heard about the rubble, the broken downness, the burned down walls. And he thought, man, that is not good. That burdens my heart. And it says in Nehemiah 1, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, if you guys are taking notes, I encourage you guys to break out your notes. Uh, this is kind of the key verse we've been talking about. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard things, I sat down and wept. And how often 
do you guys find yourselves weeping for the things of God? That's a question for you guys directly. Gianna, how, how often have you been weeping for the things of God, right? Jason, how, long, how many things have you been weeping for the things of God? And it, if you find those burdens on your heart, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a, those tears are good things. Those burdens are good things. And if you haven't felt that, I would encourage you to say, what is it? What is it that God wants to put on my heart to burden with? And not, not something that I'm sad about, but what is God burdened by? Not what am I sad about, but what is God burdened by? I think we, we walk through life with a lot of depression and anxiety these days, don't we? We hear, we hear those words and those terms thrown around, around a lot, and it's misdirected, right? We're supposed to be burdened for the things of God, not for our own cares of this world. So let's really dive in this morning. Let's, uh, let's think about what Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah. So what? The wall became his work. You can go ahead and put this up. The wall became his work and his appointment. His appointment. What's your appointment? That's what we're talking about this morning. Your purpose is the same as, as me. Jesus is still the king. He's still the one we're building his kingdom and his glory. That's all, all of our purpose, right? We've been talking about this, but our appointment, this is Nehemiah's appointment, is to build the wall. And I don't think that our appointment looks too much different. It's still the same goal. It's just maybe the details of what season you're in, right? Amen. So Nehemiah chapter 4, bring out your Bibles. I said in the beginning, get your Bibles out. If you don't bring your Bibles, if you're new here, we, we love the Word of God. And we are obsessed with it. We've been talking about this, this whole year about how we want to be obsessed with God's Word. But we're obsessed with God's for, Word forever in this church uh, because it's truth and it's life. So go ahead and turn to Nehemiah if you guys aren't familiar with where it's at. It's kind of in the middle slash beginning middle of the Old Testament. So if you guys want to go ahead and turn there with me. And we will jump into Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 9. It says, And we pray to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. And I wanted to talk to you guys about this story because this account of where Nehemiah had met opposition, right? And what did he do? He prayed. Can anybody say he prayed? Or we prayed, right? To our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. And I want to talk about something that's very powerful, that as we couple two things together in our walk with Christ, this is something super important. I want you to remember this. Praying and preparing together. And as we couple those things together, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. And that is a bold statement. And you might be asking yourself, ah, I don't know about that. There's nothing that can stop us with those who pray and prepare together. Can I, can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. Does anybody maybe struggling with believing that this morning. It's okay. All right. I wanted to preach, right, this morning, and, and it's been in many years in the coming, and I just wanted to say, again, Nick kind of introduced myself, and my name's Judd, and my wife is Yvette. We've been serving here faithfully together uh, since kind of the beginning, and we've, we've loved every minute of it, and we've always felt the call to help build God's church. We've always felt the call to really minister to others and see them grow in the faith and that's always been a passion in our heart and we gave up on it we kind of had gone through many years where we just attended and sat just kind of like an attender right and that's not what we're called to do and so we always felt kind of off about that but um many years in the making has been this moment this has not been a good work that just happened overnight for me to be up here and guess what i'm not refined i'm not actually a good public speaker by nature and, but God, God is really, 
he's the one that has empowered me. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not my niche, right? It's not by natural that I can just get up here and hold a microphone. And so uh, it's funny because when we started this, we uh, actually had been asked, let's, I want you guys to go ahead. Nick had asked us, can you record a video for, you know, social media that just says, come to Circles. Here's the next series, Champion. It's coming up. I just had to say a, a few words, get it out of my mouth. And Yvette and I were going to do it together. And, and it was terrible. Like, it was not good. I failed. And oh, you guys, this should leave you without excuse that if you have a good work, you can do it. Okay? So I wanted to kind of bring up this video for you guys because I think it's, it's super great. And you can laugh. It's okay. Tomorrow? Yeah. On in our series. This bit. And the faith. Nope. How to be a champion. I can't do this. A champion. Oh. This week. For. <laughs> wow. Why don't you just say, I'm so excited for four circles. I'll be continuing on with our series, Champion. Just say, hey everyone, we're so excited for four hey. circles. Okay, start over. It's tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Oh my god. So we'll <laughs> be continuing our series. You almost said it is written. I know. <laughs> That's great. So, of course, if you guys have ever seen the uh, flaky, buttery crust, that's kind of what just happened. Essentially, Yvette got to the point where she had heard me mess up so many times that she couldn't get it out of her mouth. So it's funny because it was like three or four simple words. All I had to say is, come to Circles next week. Our series is champion. That's all I had to say. And yet, here I stand before you, right? And it's not, not, and I love the, uh, what Nick had prayed over this morning. He said, it's not about us. It's not about how good I am. It's not about how amazing I am. But I think it speaks to the fact that I am, I am just a person. I'm just a weak person. And use, God uses the weak things in this world to confound the wise. He really does. And he's going to use his goodness to show people what he can do. So I think as you're sitting in your chairs this morning, don't, don't think I'm just sitting here. I'm just uh, warming this seat up. Like get ready to move this morning. Get ready to pray. Get ready to prepare, right? So some of us, how many of you guys are list makers? How many of you guys make those Google calendars that are all colorful and wonderful and beautiful? That's a, that's a great thing. How many of you guys are great thinkers and dreamers and prayers and prayers, right? So I wanted to just say some of us are good at what? Some of us are good with praying, right? Some of us are good with preparing. And you can go ahead and put this up if you like. Some of us are good with praying. Some of us are good at struggle with praying. Some of us struggle with preparing. And some of us ignore both right? I can say I'm a great dreamer. I'm a great prayer, right? I think I am. Sometimes I still forget to do that, but I struggle maybe with preparing. So which one is it for you guys? Are you a pr prayer? I'm going to make this up. Just, just go with me. All right. You can go ahead and put up the next slide. Are you a prayer or a preparer, right? What would it look like if you did both? What would it look like if you did both in your faith walk? And how would that affect the good work that God set on you? And I think each one of you guys, as you're sitting here, I've known a lot of you guys for a couple of years now and gotten closer with you guys. And I can know and see you have a good work for you. You have something in your heart and it hasn't come out yet. It's not that you're not serving. It's not that you're being faithful. And maybe God's just got you on the journey. But what is it? And what's the timing of it? Right? So let's kind of jump in. We've been talking about the wall, right? So somebody say the wall. The wall. Let's build this wall. There you go, Jason. 
So Nehemiah in chapter 4, we're going to be jumping in here. But Nehemiah, he sees an enemy, right? He sees an enemy and starts to what? And do it again. Come on. There you go. Thank you. So let's jump in here. I wanted to just jump into verse 1. I think that's a good place to start. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now when Sanballat heard that they were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said to them in the presence of his brothers and the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? Tobiah, here comes Tobiah, whoever that guy is, the Ammonite, he was beside him and he said, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Wow, how discouraging is that sound, right? So a lot of times when we start to do this work, right, when we start to pray or even prepare either one, it doesn't come easy. And a lot of times what happens is the enemy shows up. And that's what we're seeing here. The enemy shows up in this story, in this account, and he says, uh-uh, this isn't a good work. I don't want you to finish this work. And he's going to come against you. And that's true for us as believers, right? The enemy does not like it when you, when you, when you, and you, when you guys start to do a good work. The enemy does not like that. That angers him, right? These guys in this story, they had a lot of power. They had a lot of money. They had a lot of things invested in this world. They said, I don't want this to happen. And there's an enemy that we fight against that doesn't want this to happen. We have a world that is not, that is not perfect because the enemy is about and ra- roaming about. I mean, God is powerful, more powerful than the enemy, but the enemy does not like it. So the enemy does not like when believers do a good work, right? The enemy does not like when a, the believers do a good work. It says in John 15, if you guys are taking notes again, write this down. John 15, 18 through 19, it says, if the world hates you, This is a powerful promise, but not a very encouraging one. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you, I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Yay, right? I mean, that doesn't feel good, but it actually should, and I'll explain why. Because as you start to do the work of God, right, If you start to do the work of God, you should feel opposition. If you're not feeling opposition as you do the work of God, you should say, am I doing the work of God? Am I doing the work of me, myself, and I, or am I doing the work of God? Right? We should be asking ourselves those questions. So if we think that something burdens us or we think we're doing the work of God, we should say, man, if I'm just easy breezy and nothing is happening at all throughout my whole season, then we should know that, hey, Maybe I'm doing something for myself. So if, the world, if we're of the world, the world will love what we do. But if we're of Jesus and his, his work, we're going to be hated. I like to be liked. I don't know about you guys. I like to be liked. Who likes to be liked? Some people like to kind of stir it up. But you still be, like to like, be liked, right? <laughs> so let's dive into this again. It says, chapter 4, we're going to go back into it here. It says, hear our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt. Whoa. And let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger 
in the presence of your builders. So what's his first reaction here? His first reaction is not to fight back. A lot of times when we fight back, we don't fight back with prayer. I, I'm just going to say it. When we fight back, when somebody angers us, when somebody comes against us, how do we fight back? We punch, right? Screaming. Yeah, sometimes people scream. Uh, sometimes, you know, you get quiet. Sometimes we freeze. So sometimes we may not do anything and we don't move, right? Sometimes we run away. That's absolutely right. And so I'm asking you guys, what's your first reaction? You see his first reaction and what our first reaction should be to opposition should always be prayer. Always. Because if we don't pray first, we are going to rely on ourselves. We are going to say, hey, I've got this and I can do this. And you're going to fail at that point or you're going to feel like you failed at that point. So instead of getting on social media the first time somebody angers you, maybe pray before you respond back to them, right? Maybe if that family member does something to you that hurts you, maybe before you lash out or teach them a lesson in how they should act, pray before you should do it, right? That's a, it's still a good work. That's a good work that's set before you. You think that's something simple, but it's not. So pray before you do that good work. Don't just walk into it, okay? So we see in Nehemiah, we continue on. He's doing what? He continues on building the wall. So guess what? He prayed, and he keeps on building. He didn't even say anything directly to these guys. He just kept working. And all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Super key. Remember that. The people had a mind to work. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, right, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. I want to stop there for just a second. The enemy does not always hurt, kill, and destroy first. We've talked about this. The enemy can hurt, kill, and destroy, but guess what? He will come in, and he will cause confusion. He will do the, the first thing that he can to mess up division in the body within the family unit. He will do anything he can to just cause us confusion. He doesn't have to always hurt us. He can just say, are you supposed to do this? Are you supposed to walk in this good work? He's going to use words to discourage you first or maybe just a situation to discourage you that didn't go right the first time, right? Continues on, and, and we prayed to our God. Again, what did he do? As soon as the confusion came, he said, and we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. So the reason I italicized this is just to give you guys a point of, like, they prayed again. They kept praying. They're working and praying right? And they set a guard as protection against them day and night. So this is something that's constant. They just keep working, keep praying, right? And I wanted to say is the opposition, I wrote this down, the opposition can come at any moment, right? God is never caught off guard by what happens next. So a lot of times we know that confusion, like I said, confusion is going to come in when you start doing these things, preparing for these things that God has set you to do. And he's going to say, you can't do it. The enemy's going to say, you can't do it. You're not able to do it. This situation's too hard. You've been burned before. Some of you guys have been burned before, right? So this good work's not worth it. And so God is never caught off guard by what happens next. And opposition's going to come in the morning. It might come in the afternoon or in the evening. It's going to come when you don't expect it, right? But God is expecting it. He knows if you're about his work, you're going to need to rely on him because he knows when it's coming, right? Psalms 34, 7, 
he sets a guard around us, right? He, he, God is somebody, if we fear him and we walk with him, he will protect us, right? Psalms 34, 7, verses 7 through 9. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. I wanted to say those who fear him, we, we walk with God because we, we, we know that he is God, right? But we're also afraid to walk without him. And that's what this is, verse is speaking to. We should be afraid to walk through life without Lord behind, beside us, behind us, in front of us. This should be everything to us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord. There it is again. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, or those who fear him, they have no lack. Right? You'll have nothing. That you, you'll have everything that you need. You'll have everything, every word, every part of wisdom, every part of strength that you need in this moment and in the moment to come because you're steadily relying on him for every part. Let me tell you, I'm relying right now, I'm relying on him for every moment. I need him in this moment. Amen? God will deliver those who fear him. God will deliver those who fear him. And I think if Nehemiah was relying on himself, this wall would have never gotten built. It, it might have gotten to halfway, or he might have stopped it the first time somebody said, what are they going to do? They're going to build this wall, and a fox is going to knock it down, right? It continues on, and it says, in Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. So it's getting tough. It's not getting easier. It's getting tougher. There was too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. So guess what? The enemy keeps coming. Enemy keeps coming and he says, we're not just gonna use our words, we're actually gonna threaten to kill you by, to stop the work now. We're gonna take you out, right? And so the enemy isn't going just to stop maybe. We think we were going to refute, you know, the confusion. We're going to get past that part. He's going to try to divide us, and then we're free and clear, right? But we see in this story that's not true. And at that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us, ten times you must return to us, right? Wow, the Jews even started saying, turn back. This is not worth it. Like, just come back to us. They said it ten times. Ten times. Their own people around them, right? So your own circle may say to you, turn back, it's not worth it, right? So what, the only two things that are going to help us through this is not our own circle sometimes. That sounds kind of, hmm, like that should be the people, right? So that should be the people encouraging us to do the good work. And sometimes we look to our left or our right and I say, you know, the reason I didn't do that is somebody hurt me and said, you're not prepared to do this. You're not called to do this. And sometimes we don't listen to what God has to say first right? Prayer, prayer and preparation. I wrote this down. Prayer and preparation will help to stand firm against, stand firm no matter who tells us to turn back. Yeah. So again, people are going to tell you that you're not able to do this good work, but you have to keep pressing on. And only through prayer and preparation is that going to keep you going. Right? So it continued on. So in the lowest parts of the wall, lowest parts of the space behind the wall and in the open places I stationed people by their clans with their swords their spears and their bows so in the lowest parts of the wall these are the weakest parts of the wall and guess what God the enemy is going to attack the weakest parts of us and the weakest people 
around us, right? So we're not going to set somebody who can't defend in those spots. We're going to set people up in those spots around us or within the church. We're going to set people up that can really defend, right? The weakest parts of the wall is the enemy is going to attack at any moment. And I looked around and rose and said to the nobles and the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, right? Amen. Yeah, that's right. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So often I hear people, they get taken out of the fight because of their family and that's what should keep you in the fight, right? That's just what should keep you in the church and doing the good work. Keep, your family should be the one encouraging you to keep in the work. And continuing on, it says, when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall and each to his own work. Wow. So they just continued to, to work together and God frustrated their plan, right? God frustrated their plan. And so it wasn't Nehemiah that frustrated the plan. It wasn't the workers that frustrated the plan, but God showed up. So your prayer and preparation can confuse the enemy. It can actually thwart the plans of the enemy. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so it continues on. I know this is a big chapter, but I think it's so much for you guys to get out of this. From that day on, half my servants worked on the construction and half held the spears, shields, bows. Notice something different here. All of them are doing it together. Half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail, and the leaders stood behind the whole wall house of Judah where the, who were building on the wall. Those who carried the burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet. Rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So notice here it says the work is great and widely spread. If we're being honest, when we, we do our work beside each other, we feel like we're doing work within what God has called us to do. Do, do any of you guys feel like you're alone in that? Sometimes it feels like you're doing a lot of work and you're like, how is this ever going to get done? How is anything ever going to happen, right? I'm sure that as you do the work, you're not going to feel like somebody's right beside you. They were even spread out, right? But it, over and over it says they're doing it together. And I think as we do this together, it's going to change. It's not that we're not preparing and praying and relying on Jesus. But as we do this work together, it's going to feel easy, right? It's going to feel like we have momentum in this work together. But when we're all kind of doing our own thing, then it's going to feel separate. It's going to feel like the, the work's never going to get done. And I think so often in the church, it does feel like that. And that's why we get discouraged, and that's why we move on, and we say, hey, I'm going to give up. So if we all prepare and pray, we can take on a great and wide work. Amen? If we, can everybody say we? All prepare and pray, we can take on a great and wide work. Can we do that together? Yes. All right. So it continues on. So we labored at the work, and half of them held up spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. Hmm. 
So I neither, so neither I nor my brothers or my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Uh, they should wash their clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. He was ready, right? So no matter what, the work is going to continue. But the work is not going to continue if we're not ready for it, if we're not praying for it, if we're not prepared for it. The work will not continue. So the continued work is only a result of prayer and preparation. So big chapter, lots of in this, lots to glean from this. But what we're really talking about is we've got a lot of work to do, amen? We do have a lot of work to do. And I think sometimes we, we think a lot of other things are important and, and they may not be important to God, right? So we've got a lot of work to do. How are we going to do it? We've got a lot of work to do. How are we going to do it? So this is going to really, how does this apply? How, does, how do we work this out? We see Nehemiah doing it. We see them. It's kind of hard to relate. I don't have a spear. I don't have a sword. Oh, yeah, you do have a sword, actually. But you do have, you do have a different form of it, right? And I think sometimes it's difficult because we don't see the things that we're fighting. We don't see the things that we're battling against. We don't see the enemy that we're fighting against. The opposition that we face is invisible in a sense. Although it does meet the physical, right? It comes into the physical realm, but it's hard sometimes to put this into how this works out. So number one, pray constantly. Write this down. Number one, pray constantly. First Thessalonians says five, chapter five, verse 16, or verse 16 through 19. Rejo rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. And everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if this is the will of God, we need to rejoice always, start with thanks, start with praise, Pray without ceasing, right? Pray without ceasing. This should be a conversation constantly with God. And let me tell you, I've been preparing for the past three weeks, and it still didn't feel like enough. <laughs> I've been preparing for many years, and it just still didn't feel like enough. And that's okay. That's okay. You know why that's okay? Because I'm not, I don't have to do it. Like, I don't have to rely on myself to do this. I'd much rather feel like I can't do it. I hope that you find that place where you, that's where you find true prayer. When you know that you can't do it anymore, when you know that you can't continue on anymore, that's, that's when, where you need to be. You know, Nick was talking about, I pray that, I want to pray a really bold prayer that everybody comes to the end of themselves and we come to a place where we have nothing else but to turn to Jesus. And we're, we're actually already there. It's just whether you recognize it, right? So praying without ceasing sounds like, how do I do that? I can't continue to pray every moment. I can't think of praying every moment. I forget for weeks to pray to God. And I wonder why. It's because I rely on myself. Number two, take action. Again, what's your, are you a prayer or preparer? Take action. It says, what good is it? This is in James, right? You guys have heard this before. Or some of you have, at least for sure. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if some claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. Continues on. If one, ha if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Is in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Right? So faith, it's the only way that we can please God. It says in Hebrews 12 in the Hall of Faith, right? It's the only way that we can please God. So if we're not taking action behind our faith, we can't please God. 
And I would even argue that your faith, what? Will die. So if we're not taking action, we're not taking a move towards what we know that God has called us to do, our faith will dwindle at the very least. It will continue to fade. And it will feel like, what am I doing here, right? Because your faith is dwindling. So if we don't move, if we don't take action, we are going to dwindle in our belief in God. We're going to dwindle in what we think he can do. And we're going to continue to live the way that we want to live. He continues on. No days off, number three, right? No days off. And that sounds like, well, I got to take a break sometimes, right? I got to go on vacation. I got to go, you know, Sunday napping. I know a few of you guys need a Sunday nap right after today. <laughs> I might take a Sunday nap today. But no days off. And the reason why I say no days off is the enemy is always there, right? The enemy is already, we've been talking about this, the enemy will start with confusion, and he'll continue on. And if he's not winning, he's going to continue to coming, right? It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, right? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of dark, of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we're talking about putting on the armor of God, and this armor is from God. It's God-made armor, so it's got to be good, right? How are we going to find strength in our faith? How are we going to find strength to do it every single day? And it takes work, right? It takes a, a, a thought. When you get dressed in the morning, I don't know about you, but it takes me about one minute to get dressed in the morning. To physically get dressed, it takes me about one minute. Some of, you know, you, you, you lovely ladies, it may take you longer, and that's okay. But it doesn't take you as long as putting on armor. <laughs> it doesn't take as long as putting on armor. And we have to take time to put on the word, the sword, right? The truth, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of the gospel, Every part. Shield of faith. How are we going to take the arrows out that's coming at us? Right? So if you're not putting on the full armor, you're not going to win. You're not even ready to fight. So if you feel like you're failing, are you forgetting a piece or the whole thing? Right? So the wall, right? We're going to build the wall. Everybody say the wall. Right? There's nothing that can stop those who pray and prepare. There's nothing that can stop you if you pray and prepare, and I'm, that's a promise. It's not a promise from me. That's a promise from God's word, right? And if you've done this journey without God, if you say, man, I would love to be prayed up, prepared up. I would love to do life with Jesus. This kind of sounds like something, you know, I'm missing this in my life. I want to offer an, offer an opportunity for you and for those of you that also maybe have never done it yourself. You may be Christians, you may be practicing this, but you've never done it yourself. But before we get to that, I wanted to say I put a, a card for you guys. Anybody got this card? Go ahead, go ahead. I think when we start to put things down on paper, it makes it a little more real, right? So I want you guys to look at this paper. It says pray and prepare. First question. I want you guys to go ahead and write it down. I know you guys have been thinking about it. I know you guys have been thinking about during this message, what good work am I not doing? What good work have I been, no, I've been ignoring, or I don't know it yet. What good work am I praying for? I want you to go ahead and write down what good work. It could be a conversation with a neighbor. 
It could be that I know I'm supposed to walk across the street and say hello and start that relationship, right? I don't like my neighbors that much. I'd rather live in my own house and do my own life. Who is it, right? Maybe a family member that you need to make amends with, and you might not know where that leads. Maybe a new ministry in your life. It may be a new job. You may know that you know the job that you're in is dead and you should walk out. You may not walk out, you know, honor your boss. I'm not saying just walk out. But I'm saying you know that it's time to move on. It may be that you need to start publicly speaking out. Like I said, this is not my first gifting, but God's allowed me to do it. He's called me to do it, right? So I have to. What is God calling you to do today? And it may not happen in a moment. It took me years to get here. And by the way, my lovely parents are here. Can you guys honor them? I also wouldn't be here without two parents who taught me the word, right? So, but what good work is, is God preparing you for? I want you to write that down. It may be simple, it may be long. Secondly, how am I preparing for it? This is key. How am I actually preparing for it? Am I praying for it? Am I actually doing the work that it takes? I've taken a lot of criticism, still need some, of how to do public speaking. There may be people around you that can help you and people that can disciple you, right? There's people that want to, to, to pour into you, right, as you prepare for this good work. You may not feel ready, and you may never be ready, but God is faithful to complete it, right? If you're a good creation in Jesus, he's going to complete the good work in you, right? So, again, maybe you're, you're a Christian, you're writing this down. Maybe you have never truly accepted Christ, and you want to say, hey, I would love to do this good work. I'd love to be the burden for the things of God, but I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know what a relationship with Jesus looks like. And I, I would love to keep all lights on, and nobody may even raise their hand during this moment. I would love to keep all lights on because this is a, a bold statement, and you're saying, I want to follow Jesus with everything I got, and I'm not holding back. And I want to do the good work that God's called me to do. And I don't know what that looks like, right? Jesus died on the cross for us, right? He gave everything that he has for us. He gave us this armor through his death. This armor is precious. And if you don't put it on, you're not going to be able to do this. And if you've never accepted Jesus, I just want to give an opportunity to anybody out there. If you want to raise your hand and just say, yeah, I want that, right, on the count of three. And believers are praying for you. Believers are saying and interceding for you to give your heart to Jesus, right? You may have been in church several times before this, but this is your moment. This is the time where you say, I'm, I'm going to follow Christ on the count of three. One, two, three. Anybody want to accept Jesus today? And this feels public, but it's okay, right? And that's okay. Nobody wants to raise their hand, but this is your opportunity. Don't miss it. Don't wait a year. Don't wait six weeks, right? Well, if anybody hasn't raised their hand, that's okay. We're going to pray anyway. And if you've accepted Jesus in your heart and you want to right now, go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Lord, I know that you died for me, that you gave everything for me, and that you died on the cross to set me free. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior and that you've risen from the dead to, to give me new life. I want to live for you. I want to do everything that you have set before me. I know you've prepared things for me to do, Lord. And I want to follow you because you first loved me. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we honor Judd in this place?
I wanted to, um, we, we had worship night. Who was at worship night?